Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, it's George. Thanks for listening to Zum Podcast number 23. This is my interview with Jamie Stewart of Shushu. And me and Jamie go back a long way. Uh, my sister was in Shushu in the very beginning, and we were in a band seven year rabbit cycle together and just know each other a very long time I was in Los Angeles for a thing we got Korean food we had this conversation in the car right after this conversation took place there was a very big fire over at 23rd and MLK in Oakland in this building that has housed a lot of uh, punk people and small businesses. AK Press is based there. 1984 Printing is based there. I was just remembering that Jamie lived in that building like 12 years ago. Uh, I'd gone there with the lowdown. We massacred a CD there. The other side of the building was a place called Totally Intense Fractal Mind Gaze Hut and uh, Music Studio Shipwreck Studios and Unfortunately, two of the residents in that building died in the fire. So there's benefit stuff for all of the people that were displaced. There's benefits, I'm sure, for the families of the people that were killed in the fire. Uh, there's a benefit show in 924 Gilman on May 9th. If you want to go to that, I think it was organized by the band Newthbrush. And, yeah, it's a very sad situation and, uh, you know, I think I talk in this thing about a little bit about fund crowdfunding and how it's sort of, you know, doesn't feel great, but these are the kind of things that are, you know, more important than whether your music video gets made or whatever. So if you want to donate to those things, please check them out. I'll put them in the show notes. Okay, me and Jamie, we yeah, we're in this band. We were on a tour together in Seven Year Rabbit Cycle many years ago. We were in Carla Boslich's van. I think I talk about this in another episode where the axle broke off. The wheel broke off and just like rolled down the street. So then we would just get stuck in Gallup, New Mexico in this hotel for like two and a half days. Uh, it's very weird time. Yeah, we, so we've been on a bunch of random road trips together. A lot of weird Red Bull late night drives. Uh, oh, we talk a little bit about our friend David Horvitz in this story, and David and his wife Zana are just had a baby, and it's noteworthy for several reasons because David Horvitz has a baby, and they you may have seen in the news they had their baby in the back of an Uber in New York. Yeah, like it was instead of an ambulance or a cab, someone in their own car picked this pregnant couple up and the labor occurred 
in the backseat of an Uber. So some levity after hearing about terrible fire situation. But um, that's our buddy David Horvitz that we talk about in the show. Uh, this was an interesting conversation. We hadn't seen each other in a while, so there's a lot of just catching up, and I talk about stuff that I'm doing, which I'm prone to do. But, uh, yeah, I was on a TV show. It's the first acting gig I've got. I don't really know what that is going to... If it leads to anything or if it's just a weird one-off thing, it doesn't really have to do with stand-up per se, but it's all in the same wheelhouse. I was, like, excited. I wanted to have an IMDb page, but they just merged me with someone else named George Chen's IMDb page, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But here for you patient people is me talking to Jamie Stewart. All right. These are your guys, man. I know. Should I not? Maybe I can roll the windows down a little bit. That's probably fine. Yeah. That's fine. No, like we're just, we're committing suicide very slowly outside. Let's save the earth. Okay. So we just had we're in Koreatown. Uh, this is Jamie. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. That's appropriate after Korean food, right? That's it's a polyglot yeah. thing. Um, it's closer. Hawaii is closer to Korea than Los Angeles. Have you played in Hawaii? No. It's hard I, to do, right? Yeah, we got invited to play there one time, um, but I, I think. It, it would have ended up costing us something like $1,300 to play the show after the payment and after they bought our tickets. I, it was impossible to do. It was going to cost you 1300 Infinitely oh, like, more yeah. to play the show than we could possibly make, and I'd much rather just go to Hawaii on yeah. vacation. Have you been on vacation? Uh, I took a vacation last January of 2014. I'm going to crack, crack the door. To, uh, <laughs> just open door it to Oaxaca, Mexico. Was, oh yeah, it was amazing. Had a wonderful time. Uh, the, as a couple, you guys went, or yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about Oaxaca. I, my, it was beautiful. My cousin went there in junior high. I, I guess. cannot recommend it highly enough. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. Is it hard for you? To, do you rarely ever take vacations? I imagine all your traveling is like. No, I kind of compartmentalize it. Um, I mean, I don't feel as if I'm on vacation when I am on tour. Right. Uh, but it doesn't negate my desire to to, uh, to go, to, to, to travel. Um, just the, the process is so, there's so incredibly, uh, there's, there's so, it's, the, it's procedurally so totally different. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm almost on vacation all the time on tour, so I get tired of traveling or something. Right, because you tour so much, and it is very, like, it is a work environment for you, basically. That yeah. is how you make I mean, I, I mean, your I, living a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I do my best to when we're on tour if we have 20 minutes to go see the catacombs of Paris or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, most of the time it's just sleeping. And... Yeah, I remember that you did this big Vietnam trip a long time ago. Now. Oh, yeah. That was so long ago now. That it was, was a like long time a long ago. That was in 2001. Yeah. And... Uh... Have you been back there since then? I haven't been back there, but I, I got a chance to go to a few other places. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Kenya, which was great. This is pure vacation thing? Yeah, Kenya was uh, just for vacation. I went to Guyana, 
which was just oh, yeah. for a vacation. That was super amazing. Wow. Um, Would land of the Guyana bad things. Of Jim Jones. Jones yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you, was there, is there like a memorial for that stuff? I asked one person about it, and he said that most people there were pretty unaware of it and only became aware of it a few years later. Um, I mean, Guyana's really poor mm-hmm. and almost all jungle. There's one big city, quote unquote, which has no skies. I mean, it's it. I I didn't really realize it was the capital when I was there because mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's just almost all houses and a couple of two story government buildings, um, and then one or two and then villages basically. So just like a lot of like checking out the jungles. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but just like be, because it's so in, incredibly uh, uh, agrarian and spread out that the Jim Jones stuff to enter into the lives of of, of people who, who live there in a normal way. Um, right. But yeah, I just I went bird, I, I, in the last few years I've gotten really into bird watching, so I went there for that. Oh yeah, I kind of remember. Yeah, you were getting you were I think you were just kind of getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Back when we did that trip. Like six years ago, seven years ago now. It's been a while since we did that trip. Oh, with uh, with Carla and Dominic and Rob. That yeah, trip. <laughs> that was a very weird trip. That was an incredibly weird trip. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredibly weird trip it's been. I guess to to, to for people that do not know, the background is like I was in a band, coming under King Eider, and we went on tour with Shushu, and the first half was with Evangelista, and then. The second half was with Prurient, and then we couldn't do all of the trip, so then when we dropped off, then, like, Mary Halverson and Jessica Pavone came on the trip. Yeah. Like, such a random (laughs) group of people. It was pretty weird. Yeah. (laughs) Dominic from Prurient was super not into Mary Halverson and Jessica Pavone. Oh, I can imagine that. But did they get along as people? I think there was almost no interaction Uh, whatsoever. That I could totally see. That was that a weird ass bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very confusing bill. Yeah. Did you get? Do you have you kept in touch with Don? Does he live here now? Um, the last time I saw him was at a show that he was playing, and I was really drunk, and he was trying to get out of the bathroom, and I was holding the bathroom door. <laughs> he was trying to get out of the bathroom to and go on stage, <laughs> and I was holding it shut. Because like this, we haven't seen each other in like six years. This will be funny. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, we haven't talked a lot since. I don't think he thought it was that funny. Yeah, I haven't run into him in a while, yeah. But I hope he's good. I'm still a real big fan of his yeah, music. I, yeah. have a, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, have you had, like, a lot of other tour mate situations recently where, like, you end up being good friends with people that you didn't really know just out of a tour thing? Uh, yeah, This that, that band we talked a little bit about earlier, Father Murphy... Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a tour in 2010 with them and Deerhoof, and I had not met them before, um, and was just floored by what a great band they were. And oh, yeah. s- since then, we've become real, real good friends. I've stayed at their house, and they've stayed at our house, and um, we play together whenever it's possible. I feel like that's an international, like, open secret. Like, Father Murphy, great band. Very amazing, nice people. Yeah, that's sort of like I think a universal known factor now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's I. I would be hard pressed to understand how someone could not like them. Although we did tour with them again in 2012, mm-hmm. and Father Murphy hated 
the band that we were on tour with musically and personally. Oh man, I don't know um, if this is on the record or not. I wonder uh, I'll whatever. <laughs> They'll probably cop to it. I wonder I wonder how that band felt about them. Like there was like a mutual weirdness. Yeah, that other band sucked. Why did you go? It was you well, I heard, them and yeah, well, I heard their, three, I heard their record and I thought it was cool. And then live and their whole, oh. sh- their whole live, they had like a massive shtick live also, which I did not realize they had. I have made a lot of horrifyingly <laughs> bad decisions about who we have toured with. I have oh, toured man. with so many bands whose music okay. I hate. Can we who, get into it? Are who we... I, whose guts I hate as people. Are we? Are we on the record with this? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Okay, then let me ask one. Okay, I feel bad because I don't know this person at all. But I remember when you did this one tour, everyone's kind of like, why is this happening? You know who I'm going to ask about? I don't know. <laughs> There's been a lot of people that I've wondered. In the last few years, I've gotten a little smarter about it. Uh-huh. I thought, I don't know, man. I make a lot of bad decisions about music business. Oh, man. I almost like don't want to ask this question because like, I don't want to throw this person under the bus. I don't really know her. I don't know the situation, but maybe we can talk about it in general. I'll talk about anything, Okay, George. someone with the, you know, whatever, get down, stay down. How in the get down, stay down. All right, I'll tell you exactly how this happened. <laughs> all right, okay. And I have no beef with her personally at all. I have no idea. She is not a bad human being. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, she's a really nice person from everyone who I've ever talked to. Um, or are you dating? We're, no, okay, because no, no. I think that was the rumor. No, that, that was we, what was happening. We were not dating. What okay. happened was, uh, it was kind of at the. There was a brief period where the where Shushi was a little bit successful, um, <laughs> and like we like we could like most shows that we would play, there'd be a really solid turnout. Uh-huh. Um, like, uh, and so. Our booking agent said, who do you guys want to tour with? Oh. And I was, we were on this Kill Rockstars label at the time, and I was just thinking, oh, well, maybe we should try to do something with the Kill Rockstars band. And I was, again, very drunk. And the whole year when you were successful, you were drunk. No, no, no. <laughs> the thing with Dominic happened after that. Uh, but at that, I mean, just because I said I was drunk, yeah. holding the door for mm-hmm. for Dominic for now. Um uh, and I was I was listening to some bands on Kill Rock Stars, and for some reason I thought that this band was from Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I figured, oh, they're from D.C. They probably sound like a Discord band, which I thought I would be <laughs> That's into. All the research you did. <laughs> well, and then as a very drunk person, I listened to the beginning of one song that they had, and without exaggerating, I probably listened to it for about 15 seconds before the vocals came in, uh-huh. and. In my drunken state, I thought, okay, this sounds pretty good. They're on Kill Rockstars, and they probably sound like a Discord band. <laughs> and then that was it. That was all the research I did. And then the head of Kill Rockstars wrote to me, and he said, wow, thank you so much. A lot of people won't give this band a chance. And I was like, oh, I don't know. They seem fine. And then uh, I told some friends, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> they're, they're basically, if you're unaware of them, they're kind of like a combination of a light country band and the Spin Doctors. That's kind of like their sound. They're jammy. They're, They're jam- a little jammy. They're she is, uh, from what I can tell, like you know, a decent singer songwriter. She, to her credit, is actually a really fucking cool guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like very, very simple, but her her time is really, really good. They in the middle of this tour, 
uh, their guitar player quit, so she had to take up a bunch of the guitar stuff, and it sounded a million times better. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were such dicks to them on tour. Oh my god, because we really, 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 really hated their music really bad. And, and you're like, I made this decision. Uh, yeah. I have to own this. No, I didn't own it. I just was an asshole and like didn't talk to them at all. And we tried a couple times to be cool with them, but we just couldn't deal with them as people. And I'm sure they think we're complete shitheads and hate us, and I wouldn't blame them at all. Um, you know, and they've gone on to become very successful, so they probably could give a fuck and never think about us. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, that one window of time one, where yeah, that head, head, Shushu headlined for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so that's one band on a long list of bands that exact same scenario. I listened to, like, ten seconds of a song and then was like, oh, this sounds whatever, fine, I can deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then got on tour and heard, their, you know, the their, the first set of the tour was like, oh, Jesus motherfucking Christ, how can I be on tour with this band who I hate? Musically, for six weeks, and then grew to hate his people. I don't think I ever hated Tao as a person. I think I just found their music irritating, and that I was being a dick. I'm way nicer as a person now than I was then. Though. Yeah, like that. I can understand. Well, there's like a couple of things to that. It's like your audience is gonna have a bad time with it for one thing, and then would you do the reverse thing? Like, would you bring someone on tour with you? Who you didn't particularly like, you felt neutral about the music, but they were just like awesome to hang out with. Because uh, I had this theory that like, when I was thinking about like, was talking to Courtney earlier about like David Horvitz as your guys like tour manager. I'm like, yeah. She's like, what? I'm like, no. I guess he was. I'm like, David was like a mascot. No, he he, he did. <laughs> he 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 didn't really tour manage, but he helped drive. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, he's a really really good driver. Mm-hmm. And he sold merch, and hands down is the best merch person we've ever had, mm-hmm. because he turned selling merch into like an art project essentially. So the merch table always looked really beautiful and interesting. And he has a really peculiar but engaging personality, and would somehow, just from a purely practical standpoint. Uh, because of that, was able to sell a lot of records for us, mm-hmm. um, which was which was nice. Yeah, uh, you know, and then also he made being on tour great because he was always put a lot of effort into having making sure that interesting things were happening on tour. Because touring I is it, super yeah. boring, yeah. incredibly boring. Yeah, I uh, call it mischief making. <laughs> that is a really really excellent way to put it. I think David Horvitz is sort of like the art equivalent of that that guy in the Superman comics, Mr. Mixelplex, who just kind of shows up and turns things topsy-turvy, but he's, like, it's never malicious. I would it's say that just... that seems pretty accurate, but also, he, he will do it in a very thoughtful way, though. No, yeah, he's very in a, And in a very, in a, in a very creative way, but without a doubt, um, the, hands down, the most debauched night I've ever spent in my entire life was with David Horvitz in the room. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure the next even more debauched night I spend with my life will probably be with him. I think there, I just remember a night where we all, like, I think everyone went to a goth club. And you and us. I gave Is up. Is that the most debauched night? No. Because they, that was even. a night that we're like, at you, like, we were, we came back and we're like, we can't handle these people. You no. Know, and then I, we're like, well, let's get a different hotel. You and I, we did go to a yeah, totally, we to totally different, different hotel. hotel. Because what happened? We, we walked in the room. The mattresses were up against the wall. There was, the floor was soaking wet. The mattress frame was out the door. <laughs> Uh, people were screaming in the room. It was just time to go to yeah. bed. And, and it was like, fuck this. Yeah. 
We'll see you tomorrow. Fuck this. Yeah. yeah. Rob Fisk almost beat up David Horvitz that night. Yeah. He was super angry. I th- yeah. You don't want to get beat up by Rob at no, all. No, Rob I've is I've been punched pretty, in the arm by Rob. It's Rob hard. is pretty yoked. It might have been that night, actually. Anyway, that was a weird tour. It was an incredibly <laughs> we weird tour. Um, we went on... Was it the first Shushu tour? Was that the tour where you and me in, in the old era with Yvonne and... We went to Portland. Is that maybe not the first shoe shoe tour, but we played the first, first out of town shows that we did. I don't know if they were like a tour, but we like did like weekend. We did, yeah, we did like a northwest trip. A couple times, I think more yeah, than more than I've once. I've been I've been on multiple. I was on a few yeah, of those. Yeah, I think on our, our first shows out of town. Yeah. Yeah, and um, all you said you saw her in Portland, right? I did. It was yeah. a very nice surprise. My brother lives there now, and I we were going out to dinner, and I just I walked by her store, and she and her uh, longtime companion yeah. were. Uh, Packing up, it was funny to see them. Yeah, she was very sweet. That's good. Looked exactly the same. I know it's like this weird genes that we have, except well, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna brag now. Uh, you look the same too. Uh, yo, you, so I was thinking about the thing where you tech, you wrote me that you saw me on Looking. Oh yeah, which is a funny. It was amazing. Funny it was such thing. a nice surprise. And then like other people would also just post things on my wall, like, "Oh, I thought that was you." I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> It's my debut on television, and people that haven't seen me in, like, three or four years that have known me for a very long time don't recognize me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm just announcing on television that I shave my head now, basically, is, I think, what happened. Well, like, con- that looks like you, but with a guy who's lost his hair. That's kind of what's happened. <laughs> you look good with a shaved head. I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, you. you know, it's an Asian look that we can get away with. It's fine. It looks cool. But uh, do you watch that show? Do you like that show? Uh... I actually totally like that show. But I think if the guys on it were not queer, then that's sort of the hook. Right. It's just basically. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I know it's the point, but I mean, the story is. I think if it was the same story, but with with straight people, it would just be fine. You would be okay. okay, It would be okay. But I, you know, I mean, I I can't think of any other show that is so unapologetically about gay dudes butt fucking a lot. There is a that there was a lot of that in the in the show. Yeah. And uh yeah. I have is, a I have a big crush on one of the characters. Who's your who's your favorite? Uh not the main guy? No, the older guy, Dominic. Oh cut the kind of cut dude. Yeah, with the yeah. mustache. Yeah. And I never usually never think guys with mustaches are cute because there's something about him I like. Yeah. I think because I relate to being older and struggling. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and having had terrible relationships and like having like financial trauma from it or yeah yeah i mean i will say having i've only watched a little bit of the show and but i did find it like oh this is getting kind of interesting i found the other character kind of interesting the art guy who worked for ann magnuson because oh, yeah just, like he just like bitches her out and like she's like okay we're done yeah. i'm like oh this is my new favorite character but then i have not really gotten deep in the show but the funny thing is i've known i shot that in november so i knew that Oh, the holy British cow, guy. That was a long time ago. I knew the British guy and the main guy were going to be together, and yeah, I knew yeah. that was kind of like a tension point or something. So I'm like, I have a secret about this show that if anyone bothered to ask me, I would tell them. <laughs> but no one, I'm not telling anyone that I'm on it, and I'm not like it's kind of like because I had this experience of like getting cut from something before. So I'm like, uh, I'm not. What, gonna. what did you get cut from? So th- this is the other random story. I remember told you this story about like when Kit did um, commercial. Did you ever hear this story? Holy cow, I don't know. I'll tell you this because this is a funny story we there was like some post like hey Chris wants to do a commercial with a band in LA they want there to be a girl in it something kind of sonic youthy 
band in their 20s. Okay, at this point, I think only two of the people in the band were in their 20s. <laughs> and we just, whatever, we had a video that had come out, and had you put it in Pitchfork, so we just sent it all in. And we had a publicist and shit, so we just sent it all in. And then, like, it was, the running was down to, like, four bands, and we were one of the four bands. And then we, like, okay, like, they were like, we'll pay you this much, and you guys are going to come down here, and you're going to act in this video that's using your song, and it's going to be a commercial for They had a concept, and then we did it, and it was, like, kind of, like, a bad video. It was, like, the idea was kind of a bad idea. And then they gave us free shoes for, like, two years, and then they never used it for anything. Hmm. Like, and they rented... Did you guys get paid? We got enough money to fly us to Europe for a Europe trip. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, four people And free shoes for two years? And free shoes... Yeah, so it was like the thing of like, we sold out, but no one knew we sold out, except for people I would tell the story to. I'm like, let's sell out. It's like, and also secret it was like, selling out. it's secret selling out. It was like, it was kind of like, well, you're going to get a huge thing on the first page and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, you don't know, like all these other bands that turn you down because they don't think this is cool. It's like, we have, this is more money than we've made in a, being a band for eight years. Yeah. So it was a thing where like, uh, I feel ethically confused about this, but also... Eh, whatever. The thing that we felt like was bad is that we acted in a thing that wasn't union, and when we kind of like, we end up like sitting in this trailer calling someone from SAG and being like, does this seem okay to you? They're like, no, this oh. doesn't seem okay at all. Oh. And then we call and called them out on it, and then he hard bluffed us back, like, well, we're here, you're in makeup, you're wearing our clothes, I don't know what you guys want me to do now and we're just like yeah we'll take the money it's fine <laughs> just like act for like two days in this thing and give you the rights to our song and then not get really get anything out of it. we got something out of it yeah. it's like it's Why not you, you went to Europe yeah so it's not a terrible selling out story but it is a funny that thing a of like, funny story. like don't count your kid your chickens basically like okay you don't know where this is gonna go so I wasn't telling anyone about the looking thing cause I was like I could get cut I don't know but it's my first acting gig so that's exciting have you thought about acting? Have you done acting before? I've been asked to a couple of times, but it is... I don't know that I would be any good at it, but it's never really panned out. I would do it just for fun. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't have any desire to do it outside of just curiosity of trying something different. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. I mean, like, you're still very busy. Like, you have to run from this to go practice guitar which seems silly to me but like you've been <laughs> playing guitar for a very long time so um do you want to talk about this Twin Peaks thing oh sure um that's what I have to go practice uh yeah we um of a uh of an, an acquaintance of ours is is curating uh, I think what is the most complete David Lynch retrospective um, to date in uh, Australia and uh, asked us to play as a part of the retrospective. Um, it's like his photography and movies and music, kind of every creative thing he's been involved in. Mm-hmm. In Australia. In Australia. Um, and asked us to play two shows of playing of, of the music of Twin Peaks. So uh, we're going to do that. Um, which is rearranging like the themes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, in in the in the series, there's two seasons in the series, and then there's a movie. Mm-hmm. So we're we're taking songs, uh, you know, from from those three yeah. from those three things, and some of them are pretty close to the originals, and some of them are com- complete reworkings. And I can, I mean, I don't sing anything like Jimmy Scott or Julie Cruz at all. Oh man. 
Um, so, I mean, we told them ahead of time that it's obviously, bear that in mind, yeah. I cannot impersonate either of those people. They, yeah. they seem to actually be excited about being at something. Yeah. And then, I have this, this new band that is playing a show there also. Do you um, have a new band? Yeah, with uh, this Australian guy called Lawrence English, who's like a, a noise guy. Okay, and, I heard of him, yeah. Um, really, really sent some wonderful records. And he did stuff with Liz, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, River, yeah. And then we're we're doing a show there also of uh, David Lynch has a series of uh, kind of pre uh, perestroika photos of of factories in in uh, in Poland and in uh, East Germany. They're very very dark and very bleak and stark, and it's sort of cycling through a series of these photos, and we're playing like a. Mm-hmm kind of death drone set to to that to that to those to those images this is all during the david lynch yeah in in, in the in the retrospective yeah is it melbourne sydney or in, this? in brisbane in brisbane okay yeah. so and a whole new thing and then um i was gonna ask you about this thing you're doing with mertzbo with this record. oh yeah um it was it, it was very it. very easy and nice uh I mean, if someone can call him collaboration with Mersfo, nice. I do not know the guy. It's like one of these things where Facebook is like you have a couple of friends in common. Yeah. Masami and Kita. I'm like, that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been a big fan for a million years, and we played a show together a few years ago, and for some inexplicable reason, his his wife likes the band that I play in a lot, so he knew who we mm-hmm. were. Uh, and we do collaborations all the time, and I was just trying to... Th- think of someone who I'd want to do something with, you know, who I've been listening to a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, through a... F- it was sort of a funny... A fr- it's a long story. A friend, of ours, a friend of ours who runs a label in Vancouver promoted a show of his, and he th- wanted to do it. He wanted to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And just complete, complete... He asked me if I wanted to do it before I told him I was planning on doing it. So completely by coincidence, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to... The stars seem to align. More than one person had thought of the idea of a Shushu Mersbo collaboration uh-huh. uh, yeah and I, I mean I, I sent him two, two kind of long pieces and um, and he responded to them mm-hmm. in the way that he does and that was it and I guess it, it comes out in a couple weeks so it was a, it was a live collaboration or no 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 show, it, you met at a live show and we, we yeah we, we met at a show we, we, had, we were on a, both on a bill together mm-hmm. and then uh yeah, I just did it, did it through the mail. Does he is his does he speak? Not really. It was it was or? it was all through a translator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the most you guys actually hung out. It was all just sending files and. Collab- yeah, 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 yeah. Then the in the the fortunate and unfortunate way of mm-hmm. making records now. <laughs> that is the way it goes now. Yeah. yeah. It's you, cool that it makes it. You know, I mean, it's possible to do it. It wouldn't have been possible otherwise, probably. But mm-hmm. it, you know, of course, would have been much more exciting to do it. In, in the same space. Well, maybe you guys can figure out a way to do a live thing. I hope so. That would be exciting. I hope we could. I'd love to do that. So you're going to do the, the Twin Peaks thing and you're going to do some touring with it and do like this festival stuff. Yeah, some festival stuff in Europe and hopefully we're trying to get a show together in LA at this big church here. And then, uh, yeah. And then I think later this year, I think just doing some regular, one regular Shushu show in Europe at the Venice Biennial and then maybe some shows in the Middle East. And then just working on a new Shushu record, and then we'll do normal touring for that yeah. next year. Normal touring. You know, how normal, all your tours are all normal. Now they're really boring. I don't, now they're boring? Well, I don't drink on tour anymore. Uh-huh. So, uh, Did you, so you're, uh, you just don't drink on tour? Or you don't. I drink at home, yeah, but yeah. I just, on tour I don't. Um, just to kind of keep my voice and my 
fading constitution together. Yeah. Um, so now touring is incredibly, incredibly dull. I just sleep <laughs> as much as possible so it goes by quicker. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, playing is great still, yeah. but just the, you know, running around part is incredibly tedious. I mean, that's good that you still enjoy the act itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there could be a tendency, I would feel, if I was doing it as much, you do it like half the year, right? Pretty much. About, usually about five or six months a year. I mean, on a year when we have a record out. On a year with a record. So, like, it's like you are living out of a suitcase the whole time, and it's kind of... But, I mean, luckily, the person I tour with now, I really, 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 really like a lot, Mm -hmm. and, uh... In, uh, in Europe, we have a tour manager that I really am super good friends with. So the, the interpersonal part of things finally right. is settled down because it has always been really, really difficult part of of, uh, yeah. of this band. Oh, yeah. But now it's it's super together. Thank God. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I yeah, I mean, I've heard of, you know, like, no, there's been a lot of changeover in personnel over the years yeah. and whatnot, and it's... It's, but it's always interesting because I'm always like, oh, it's always going to be a different show. I'm going to see a different show every time. Yeah, that, that now, part of it, it that part of it, I, I mean, even even now with the lineup seems pretty solid, I think we'll always, each year we'll try to do something. She is my best friend. Yes. So my best friend. Yeah, your best still friend. Still does recording. Uh-huh. And she's doing these Twin Peaks shows, mm-hmm. um, but is, she has a straight job and is, mm-hmm. is, isn't really able to tour. Yeah. So are you feeling like you want to figure out a post-tour Situation, or do you feel like you're going to get to a point where like you don't want to tour? I don't want to tour now, but yeah. it's the, the you know now that people don't buy records, it's kind of the way I can make money <laughs> as is. a musician. Oh yeah, it is weird. That is what's kind of happening, yeah. now, right? I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. In some ways, I think it's just a generational thing. Maybe is happening. I don't know. I can't. If I don't think about it, then I don't feel horrible. Okay. So. <laughs> But you'll put out, like, a cassette or something and do, like, a limited, like, a mail order. Thing. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, we still, I mean, I still love making records. I mean, mm-hmm. and we still, we still will continue to, to make them. I mean, it's, it makes, it's sort of on, the, the tables have turned in, insofar as people uh, would make a record and tour to support the record, and now you make a record in order to support touring. Mm-hmm. Um, Sell t-shirts. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's, it's a t-shirt it's, industry. It's very, very, very tedious and boring to talk about the, the, Economics of the current music industry, the, the 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 low level touring musician life is. There's nothing more boring than talking about the economics of that. <laughs> but it's what we know. But so it is what we know. We, we would talk about like we have been talking about. But I yeah, it's like hard to see a way out of it. Like I don't know what the solution really is. Yeah. Well, I, Europe for now seems to be Europe for better is, than here. But when. Is you know is it going to be Spotify that just makes people not want to go out? I don't know what it's going to be. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, you don't. Want I don't know. To just say. I think yeah. I think when I when I can no longer make a living from it, then I will very definitely get a job not in the music industry. <laughs> but you've been cranking pretty hard. It's been like what like it's been like fifteen years, twelve years, twelve years with no job, no jobbing. Yeah. full jobbing. This is full, full job, full jobbing. You're full job. I feel very even though I bitch about touring I feel incredibly grateful to be able to do it because um, you have like a dedicated group of fans we're pretty lucky I mean it's not a lot of people but the people who are into it seem to be pretty solidly into mm-hmm. it and um, are, are by and large people who are very very sweet and very smart and interested in a lot of different kinds of music and 
Um, so we're uh, we're really, 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 really lucky in that regard. I think that's what people need now. I think like even if you look at like how things like with like crowdfunding work, it's like if you've got. Do you find that depressing, or do you find it just that's find, the way life is now? I find it personally depressing, and I'm going through a crowdfunding thing. What are you working not on? Not personally for me, but for Lost Weekend Video. Oh right. They're doing crowdfunding to try and like just. I mean, again, talk about a media format changing. Like they are getting, they're kind of been killed by Netflix, yeah. and it's amazing they're still here. It is pretty amazing. And the only reason that happens is there's a lot of goodwill and a lot of people that want to support it, yeah. just to have the space going. But I mean, those people probably also have Netflix. So, <laughs> it, I mean, when I look at that, it's like, okay, that was that was gonna have to change. And then they're doing a smart thing of like, how do we convert what's working about what we do and try to adapt to a new situation? And I kind of feel like. If you can just crowdfund, what do you need a label for? Ideally, it's, like, for publicity and creating, like, some kind of, you know, someone to handle some of that stuff and, you know, accounting of some things. And you don't have to front money for your record. But in a lot of ways, that... I feel like a lot of small labels... Being a small label myself, I'm like, okay, how is this going to sustain itself? Yeah. When I, I, and this is one thing I do want to talk to Owen about because he's got this really cult situation going on with his thing, too. Yeah. You kind of basically are modeling. I'm almost like modeling labels, like lab, what Kickstarter things and fund crowdfunding things. They're just what we would have called pre-orders back in the day, right? They would have just kind of been like pre-orders. That's a sane way to think about it. I mean, that would have been the idea. It's like, hey, I'm going to make a limited number of this thing. You want to just give me some money in advance so I can do it. And uh, now it's like, let's make a game out of it and give yeah. part of it to Amazon. That's kind of what it's been. So it's frustrating, but it is also like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, I don't know the future of music, and I'm working in a company where it's like also, you know, taking, people have a lot of different opinions about what's happening in the streaming world, so I don't really know. I'm kind of in, I'm such a, it's so above my pay grade to think about those things <laughs> that I just am like, I just want to maybe be able to put out a record for my friend and two or 300 copies and actually get rid of them and not have them in my house for 15 years. Yeah. So, say, I mean, like, we have known each other for a very long time and we have, we have been, been in a, a lot really of cars together. Oh, right, this is the, the absolutely perfect spot to have this conversation. Yeah, just a lot of car talk. And also, people say that it's good to do a podcast like where you're sitting facing the same direction so it feels like you're just on a road trip and like just talking we almost are yeah soon you will be and you'll be biking back to to my my little my little house to hang with your best friend (laughs) tonight yeah we're gonna do drugs and go dancing and then watch (laughs) watch looking I will be watching looking this Sunday yeah looking for you George only one episode I'm trying to also yeah I just try to work in that I was on a TV show into this interview so I could have something to promote. Now I like that show more. I liked it well enough before, but now I love it. It's my favorite show now because you were on it. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked for one person. It totally worked. Someone tell the producer to bring me back. You Even should, though I'm huh? like, I should be on Silicon Valley. That's really more my my speed. Looking is a better show. I, th- I think it is like... It's a, what I like about it is also it just does show a lot of San Francisco and like no one really does San Francisco yeah. as like a location in a way like since like what streets of San Francisco as like actually like oh this is very you get a flavor of San Francisco and the changing demographics of San Francisco yeah that's interesting to see I mean like it, it look like the, the photography looks feels very San Francisco yeah. you know 
Do you have any things you miss about the Bay Area? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, friends up there, the f- although the f- there's a type of food in L.A. that you cannot get up there, but there's... Uh, what do you think that is? Oh, just... Like, you can't get Korean food like we just had up there. Really? Because I feel like I living in Oakland, there is a ton of Korean food. Oh, granted, I have not lived in the Bay Area since 2008, uh-huh. so... Yeah. Um... Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's just like the feel of food there is a little different. Yeah. But the food in the Bay Area is, the produce is a million times better. And as a, as a hippie vegan, uh, I super miss that, the the produce is so much better. And you know, the weather is unbelievably beautiful. The air is clean and nice. It's so hot right now. I can barely handle this. Yeah. And this, this this is actually not so hot. I know. I keep, I keep feeling that. But I grew up here, so I'm a little more wired for it but it does get yeah. miserably hot here um but you know there's, there's things about Los Angeles I, I love to do you feel like all your friends have left the area you're I think you are my my only regular friend who's still there actually now that I said that I miss people up there I just miss you ah and now I'm here <laughs> and I'll be here a lot more often my family still lives up there so I, yeah. I miss being able to see them but sure. everyone kind of bounced I think people got priced out I don't know it's just it's like it's hard it's yeah hard up there. yeah that's that's what I hear yeah, I thought about moving back up there um, when I was uh, in North oh, Carolina. that's right. North Carolina. That was kind of that's, a dark that period, sucked, right? Man. Yeah, I, you really fucking hated that. I really hated it. I remember we uh, we went to your house, and it was, like, nice. I've been to, like, a few of your houses, I realize, also. That's the one thing I missed about it is, is it's so cheap there. I lived in an incredibly beautiful house for less than I pay for where I live now, uh, which is fine, but not a house. I'm not a normal-sized, middle-class house. Did that drive you to tour more? Because you're like, I need oh, to get shit, the fuck man. out of here. Oh shit, I toured all the that's time. That's like kind of there. when you really cranked that up. Yeah, that's also sort of when the like record sales began to really tank. Like I, right. it was there then I got the first royalty chick that I got that I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> you're like sitting in North Carolina. I got like, it now. Everything's okay. Oh. Uh, I was like, oh shit, this... <laughs> Everything that I've heard about this being over is, in fact, over. <laughs> yeah. So, it just really is, you just got to tour, you got to get commissioned to do things, you got to, like, self-release some stuff. Uh, we have not self-released anything as of yet. Well, the tapes. For, except for stuff. some cassettes yeah. of, like, uh, you know, but that's, like, incredibly super harsh noise kind of things that I... I actually would love to get some of that stuff. I should get you... Email me and I'll send it to you. I will also give you a uh, thing out of my yeah, car please, if, you please can, do. if you can bike with a record. Or oh, you know, I don't have a record player. Okay, Like, it's fine. a total poser. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> You're like, look, the industry's dying. I uh. still buy CDs. I just don't own a record okay, player. Yeah, yeah. I buy... Well, I, then you are archaic if you're yeah, buying CDs. I know. You're like in in, the, I know. I in in my one. entire life, I have never, ever, 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 nor will I ever... Stolen a record I, from the internet. Stolen. Yeah. That's... I tried to shoplift the cassette, which I got arrested for, but I've never, what? off the internet, I, I, I okay. never stole a record and I okay. never will. When did you shoplift this cassette? From Tower Records. It uh-huh. was an, an Ornette Coleman cassette. What are you, how, what weird, I was, how old were you? Like 18 or something. Okay, you're like, I'm gonna, like, ri-. yeah. I was like, sort of experimenting with being, being an idiot and, uh, I just put it in my sock and was immediately apprehended. In your sock? Yeah. Like, oh. they actually they actually didn't press charges because 
they said it was clear that I was such an amateur that I would not be trying this again, which was totally, totally true. And this is down here? This was here. Yeah. Here, yeah. I still live with my mom. I used to love going to Campbell to the Tower Records out there and just getting cassettes. That was the time. Cassettes are back, though. That old yeah, Coleman cassette, cassette might be I worth, yeah. like, eight bucks now. It probably would Could be. Could have been, like... Throw that up on the Discogs. <laughs> but yeah, so like one attempt at shoplifting. Oh, and then I got banned from the store, but I still really wanted the cassette, so I went back wearing a like a Halloween mask into the store and just bought it. Oh, they were like, <laughs> we're fine with someone just walking in in a mask. No, I did it really quick, and they seemed to not be fine with it at all. And I think they knew it must have been me, because it was like a couple days later, and it was the same cassette, and how many fucking kids from the Valley are buying Ornette Coleman cassettes? Yeah. Did it change your life? Uh... It was not what I was looking for at the time. I think I was looking for something different. But it did send me on a road yeah. to, wi- to, to wider open ears than I would have had otherwise. I do feel like I have bought... Sometimes buying jazz records is an aspirational thing to me. <laughs> it's like buying a nonfiction book sometimes. I'm like, this will make me a better person. I mean, I do... There are jazz that I really do like, but then there has been times where I'm just like, well... I think I'll be smarter once I've put this inside of me. That's a lot of like things. A, like a jazz dildo? Yeah, like a jazz dildo. <laughs> a jazz anal bead. <laughs> this one was a little bit rough for me. <laughs> I could use an Albert Eiler this anal bead. This was too free. But yeah, yeah, no, there's no rhythm to this one at all. No discernible <laughs> rhythm. No discernible pattern or textures. Uh, anyway, speaking of anal beads, I guess that right. should be the end of the thing. All right. Well done. Thank you for hanging out, Jamie. Nice to see you. Yay, hugs. Yay.